The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Monday, June 8th, Mailbag Monday time. Uh, look, we understand that right now, football might be, might very well be the furthest thing from your mind. It is the off season, which means that people, uh, usually wonder about, uh, what we will talk about anyway. But in this particular case, we had a, uh, distinct amount of uh, social uh, issues come forward uh, directly out of a pandemic, which probably amplified things a bit. And uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. So we understand if you're not listening as much as you typically do. We understand if you think a sports podcast is silly and uh, given all the circumstances in the world right now. And we understand you uh, you may not want distractions from what's going on outside, uh, you know, around the globe. Uh, but we hope you listen and read things uh, other than us and more important than us. But uh, if you want a 15, 30, 45 minutes a day uh, break, we're going to try to keep offering that to you. And, you know, we have these all 32 podcasts we're doing as well, which, you know, they drill down to the specific teams. And so, you know, if there is something specific related to a team that's happening out there, with Drew Brees, maybe we'll talk about that with the Saints podcast. Uh, but it's a football show. Keep talking football. You can, uh, oh, you know, speaking of football guys, we got a father son duo coming up tomorrow. Jim and John Breach appearing on the Bengals All 32 podcast. We could not be more excited. I was under the impression that Breach would be doing some legwork while I was on vacation, but I'm not leaving next week. Uh, but sure, knock it out. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Breach. Yeah. The irony here is that I'm doing legwork while I'm on vacation because I am off on June 9th, but I am giving the listeners what they want. You know, Father's Day is right around the corner. Why not bring my dad on the podcast? So is it fair to say that uh, John breaches to Andy Dalton as Jim breaches to Ken Anderson, or is he a huge Andy Dalton fan too? You'll have to listen to the podcast, and I'll ask him that question. But he was teammates with Ken Anderson, so I think he feels uh, uh, strongly – about Ken Anderson, but you yeah, know. Ken Anderson went to a Super Bowl and Andy Dalton didn't win a playoff game. I'm guessing he's more of a Ken Anderson fan. Can you keep Andy Dalton's name off your lips? Can you tell me this, Breach? Who grew the mustache first, Ken Anderson or Jim Breach? I think that was a Ken Anderson original. There you go. I think like 84 percent of men in America had mustaches around that time. Ken Anderson came in because I was a huge Bengals fan at the time because there's only two teams that played on television: the the Bengals and the. What a twist! Yeah, I told you this back in the early '80s. Yeah, but now the listeners are learning. Yeah, Ken Anderson did not have a mustache when he came in, if I recall correctly. Then he went full out, Tom Selleck. My way, dad had a must. My dad had a mustache for 30 years, and then finally shaved it, and it was so weird. Yeah, it is weird. You don't have lips, even though you did have lips before. Yeah, you know, you're like, what is that space between your nose and your mouth? Before I was born, my dad used to have a, must- a really thick mustache, and my older sister. uh she came home one day and he was completely clean shaven because he had shaved it off and she was pretty young and she thought he was a completely different person. It was like running out of the house because she was terrified. And so when my dad did it, he grew back and then he did it later. He made a point to actually do it in front of my other sister so that she could actually see him in the process of taking off all the facial hair. All I think of- Josh telling that story is 
There's no way Sean can grow a mustache. That's I all can, I can think, I actually, too. I actually shaved this morning. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I was just staring at Sean's face thinking he didn't have a hair on his face. I literally shaved this morning. This is not fair. I counted. It, it looked terrible because I went a week without shaving, but. I might be beard for life. I hope my wife is prepared for that. I don't think she is. I think she thinks that after the quarantine ends that I'm probably going to shave. I don't know. Go back and look at the Pick 6 podcast on the YouTube feed. You look weird on shaving. Really? Because it's just been that long? Yeah. I forgot that you were... You used to be clean shaven when we first started this podcast. Almost, almost like twenty four seven. Like I mean, I mean, I always have like a you know, a, you know, scruff or whatever. But like typically speaking, I would shave before I did uh, HQ hits. No mas. I think whatever bets we make this season, whether it's uh, Garrett Bradbury winning Rookie of the Year or betting on there's no way the Saints can win in Seattle, whatever we bet on, <laughs> the loser has to grow a mustache for a week because we know Brits can grow a mustache. Yeah, shave the beard and keep the mustache, Brinson. Yeah, I, I like that. And uh speaking of YouTube, we actually have a separate YouTube channel all for just pick six shows. So you can go and check that out. This podcast might be part of it. Um we're gonna be doing some more video stuff moving forward, so that'll be exciting. Uh go to uh pick six uh on your Twitter account and you can find that link or search pick six podcast on YouTube. I'm sure it'll pop up. It's like part of a CBS sports channel. It's weird how YouTube's splitting it up, but uh you can check those out. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to a mailbag. Mailbag, mailbag. Good job, Breach. Uh, so this is from S. J. Cates, Darren Erstat. Hey guys, love the pod. The punter, baseball player you were thinking of probably was Darren Erstat. He punted for Nebraska's '94 national championship team. Is that right, Ryan? That is exactly right. Well done. Thank you for. I never would have figured it out. First, I'd never played football in the NFL. I think he went right to baseball. He was a punter for Nebraska. Boom. That's it. I was off by four or five people, but thankfully, um, I've been, I've been corrected. So I love it. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to add to that. No, but thank but, but I, but I appreciate him doing that. Um, by the way, world series champion in 2002 with the, uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. SJ Cates was yelling at his, listing devices i was stumbling around trying to figure out who it was so thank you for your kind response hmm. in this youtube oh wow i do look weird uh without a beard i don't know that i can ever shave again Come i mean you, you gotta shave at some point you can't not ever shave again why you're gonna there's gonna be like birds in your beard it's like the episode of family guy where you can trim do it you, up it do you read do you reboot your beard every like do you I trim it every few. I've trimmed it twice during quarantine. Well, trimming is different. Yeah, you, I don't. Oh, that was a big beard. You don't like like every like six months. You're not like shaving it off and regrowing it, are you? I mean, it's not your business what I do with my beard. I think it is my business. You just told uh, me. We don't want to know about Breach's hygiene habits. <laughs> I really don't. Um, Breach like <laughs> Breach shaves, puts the hair, puts the hair in a bag, and like reheats it the next day for lunch. <laughs> we know that Breach like doesn't wear a shirt when he cuts grass. If you told me that. Reach that completely buck naked to shave his face. I would totally believe <laughs> <laughs> Stripping down. Rachel's like, what are you doing? Shaving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I do think though that sometimes like you could start growing a beard and Sean, you can't really you know, contribute this part of the conversation, but you know, sometimes you can start growing a beard and you'll be like, eh, this isn't a good grow like that. You know, you, sometimes you feel like you have different grows. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel every week. I think part of the bet should also be that Sean has to not shave like for. Probably That's what I'm saying. You have to multiply it by like eight. Right. To apply to me. Okay. Uh, moving along in the mailbag. Here is my question for the mailbag from. Uh, hmm. Somebody. As a thought experiment, how would things look if the NFL released the next season schedule right after the Super Bowl? There's always talked about a team's Super Bowl window. The teams knew how difficult and easy their schedule was going into free agency in the draft. How do you guys think that would look? Breach, this is your wheelhouse. Well, you know, a crazy thing about the NFL schedule is I think that when it gets released on the release day, a lot of people think that that is the first we know of the schedule. But when, in fact, the day after the Super Bowl, the, the day that this person is uh, suggesting, teams already know every team they're going to play. They know all 16 games on their schedule. So they're not learning anything new on the schedule release date except what days they are going to play their opponents. 
And I'll even go a step further here. Teams actually know all the opponents they're going to play uh, for the rest of time because it's on a rotation or 14 of their 16 opponents. There's only two new ones decided each year. And that's because you play the two uh, non-divisional teams that you don't usually play uh, who finish in the same spot in the standing. So, for instance, if we took the Cowboys, you could look up 14 of the 16 opponents the Cowboys are going to play in 2028 because this rotation is just set in stone. So I do think it would be fun to have the schedule come out, you know, maybe a week or two after the Super Bowl because it would be a, a nice talking piece. But I also like this new thing where it's coming out in May because it keeps the NFL calendar going, gives us something to do in May. So I think they should permanently do it in May on Cinco de Mayo because I'm part Mexican. Didn't know that. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I, the NFL ain't changing that. They mashed this thing out into a three hour schedule release every year in April or May. I mean, they've, they did it during a quarantine. Like they had a schedule analysis. We did six hours of schedule analysis on CBS Sports HQ. And then if a you, podcast afterwards. And then did a podcast afterwards. Like my wife's like, what do you mean you have to work for nine hours? There's no football on and it's a quarantine. I was like, I don't know either, honey, but you know, they pay the bills. So going to do what they say. Um, I, yeah, and I, I'm with breach. Also, I think the other thing too is like, you know, we talk about strength of schedule and, and who you have to play, what's easy and what's hard, but like you don't really know until you actually get into the season. I mean, not just for teams who get better or worse throughout the course of the year, uh, but like, you know, the Steelers looked like a tough game going into 2019. And they were still a difficult team and they played well, but like without Ben Roethlisberger, it drastically changes how everything's set up. Yep. I agree. Okay. Return to HQ broadcast from Fred Eugene. When are you guys going to return to HQ live broadcast? I miss seeing all you guys. Uh, well, Fred, I would say that, uh, nothing is certain in the future, even day to day. Live day to day. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. We have YouTube now, I guess. We don't know. We don't care. We don't want to go back. <laughs> well, it's also one thing, like, if there's stuff, to, like, right now, there's not that much to talk about. And, like, that was, you know, we all got fatigued by the end when it was, like, jersey grades. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if there's something weekly going on. Sean, don't we pass jersey haven't... grades. I literally, I, I literally, or like Jadavian Clowney. Where I literally banned us from speaking about Jadavian Clowney live on air. Like, it's enough. Enough is enough. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Sorry. Oh, it's just like maybe when there's something to actually talk about, something new to talk about, because right now we're in the recycle, go over everything that already happened phase of the offseason. I mean, if you told me that we were getting a daily HQ show during the NFL season, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I, I don't know that they'll do it if, if, uh, life is back to, quote unquote normal. Um, and all the offices are open because the, I mean, just by the nature, you know, of expensive cameras in a studio, the production quality at, at CB, at the CBS offices is going to be better than four of us, uh, yelling at microphones from our respective residences. Um, yeah, we so, should probably explain that though, is that we are basically called out of the bullpen due to the whole pandemic because our studios got shut down. They said, Hey, the super friends are set up to, have a fun show. Let's give them one. So we kind of came out of the bullpen, ran the show off for a month. Uh, and you know what? If we get called up again, we'll be ready to roll, right? I think it was two months. Two months. Uh, yeah. it we two. thought it was, we thought it was a week. We thought it was free agency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, that's actually what happened is, um, they wanted us to do a show during free agency as a way, like you fill it up space. It's, we're cheap labor. Um, you know, we can, you don't have to have a big production. Uh, set up to, to, to operate us. Like they have a couple, I mean, you know, there are people working behind the scenes, of course. Um, but you know, it's not a big to do. Uh, and, um, I don't think it is anyway. Debo, is it a big to do? Oh, yeah. Debo hung up on you. <laughs> Debo doesn't want to participate in this podcast. He's, he's on mute. He didn't realize it. I, I thought it'd be June 4th, which is when Debo would mute us during the podcast. <laughs> it's to do, but that's again, you guys are, your faces are going to be seen on YouTube moving forward. Yeah. A daily YouTube show? Yeah, I mean, each episode we do will be on YouTube. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, yeah. Thanks. And so you, you'll be able to get plenty of us if you want to see our faces. And- Fred Eugene actually liked the, the, 
broadcast show, which is we weren't sure anyone liked it. So at least I thought it was a good show. I was going to say we found the person watching it. So thank you. No, there was, I think the ratings, I, I looked at the ratings a couple of times and it, and it seemed to spike a little bit. Uh, but, uh, but you know, whatever. Um, okay. Moving along. So hopefully we'll, we'll be back on, on video sooner rather than later. I would anticipate that because of how well the show went on HQ and I think it was well received unless people are just bad mouthing us behind our backs, which is entirely possible. Um, that at some point that we will see an increased, uh, role in video content come the 2020 season, even more so if, uh, we are forced into our houses for another second wave of the pandemic. And even more so if Brinson has a mustache. Yeah. By the way, it's 90 degrees in my office. I mean, I don't know if you can tell this, but like this beer, this, like I set this beer can on my, on my desk and a puddle formed underneath it. I mean, this, that's so don't have air conditioning in North Carolina. I do, but I just sort of up here, you know, a t-shirt. Think about taking off the toupee and letting your head get a little, little hair. <laughs> That's the other thing about the beard. Summertime beard. If you get your hair cut like Sean, the beard won't matter. True. But you'll look like Sean. That's I would never do that though. Ryan also, by the way, does this thing where I start to grow my hair out of it and he gets on me from the beginning to cut my hair. And then I actually finally do it. I finally, you know, purchase clippers, cut my hair, and now he's dunking on me for the haircut I have. What's I can't this? win with this guy. Do you want me to start wearing hats for the podcast? No. Just like I tell my kids, I want you to shave your head so you can share the same plight I have to share. Every oh, well, that day's coming at some point. By the way, I don't know if we do branding on here. New Belgium, sour, I, sour IPA. I'm not usually a big sour IPA guy. This is very good. Two of the, two of the things I hate most, sour beer and IPAs. It doesn't taste like an IPA at all. This is and, and, and Brinton. So that's three, three. <laughs> The first time I went to our local brewery down the street, it's actually a really good place. And I, I was trying sour beer for the first time. What's the name of it? Um, it is called WT Brews. WT stands for white trash. I later found out. So WT Brews, but it's good. It's good. I'm just telling you the name of the place. It's got a 4.7 on Google. Oh, look at that. You look it up quickly. Nice. Uh, how did you tie? Wait, wait, how? <laughs> I'm, well, I know where this is going. <laughs> How does it take you six and a half hours to write your picks overnight and you can type that fast? Like that's that con job. We use T Bruce literally has five letters in it. Five letters. Yeah, but Breach, we always theorize you type like like this, you know, with the fingers. <laughs> so that's now we don't know why it takes you so long to write theory. your picks. The theory is he does type like that, but he uh he does the the swipe to type on his phone. So if he did swipe to type for his his columns, he would be done. 60% sooner. Anyway, I went to I, I dictate my story to the baby and the baby types it. <laughs> Probably types better than you already. Uh, I, I, when I was at WT, I had a, a sampler, if you will, and I said, let me have the sour beer. What does it taste like? And he said, it's sour. <laughs> it but people I, people I, ask me, like, is it really sour? It's like, no, 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 it is straight up sour. Yeah, it's, not, it's not my thing. Yeah, uh, I got a buddy who's, uh, my buddy Garrett's big into sour, so I'm going to take him one of these IPAs when I see him at the pool. Uh, later. And, um, by the way, I played, uh, played golf behind the guy who started untapped last weekend. I don't know what untapped is. Say, uh, it's a, uh, website and an app where you could rate beers. Oh, okay. I probably He's really rich and it was a smart thing to do. And I wish I'd thought of that. My account. Like, thought- not, not, I mean, like, that's like a reasonable thing I could have thought of and like, cre- like come up with, right? My, my accountant. Yep. Said um, you're stuck doing 10 podcasts a week. Yeah. Yeah. My accountant actually. I'd be, I'd be just playing golf all the time. Rich is ball and tr- getting free beers. <laughs> Can Ryan talk about his account or not? My God, are you ready? I yeah. am. He actually started a website um, reviewing bourbon. He's like one of the biggest bourbon reviewers. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. So the, he ha- he's told me he has a, room. a shout out, man. Why do you keep mentioning What's the website name? Breakingbourbon.com. Great name. Great name. Yeah, it came out whatever four or five years ago, so it was like perfect timing. I wow. started a website called CashCats.biz. That's not true. Oh, shut up. No, 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 no. Do, have we not talked about this? We have yeah, at some point. We talked about it. You think I just thought of that? Sorry, Wilson. <laughs> I just want, want to get printed. Will Zweigert, my we wife's know. ex-boyfriend started it. <laughs> Cashcats.biz. Did you know that, Breach? Did you know that? Oh, we talk, oh you're messing with me. Yeah, that's good. No, we talked about this. Brinson, I, I didn't remember the specifics, but I remember we talked about that. I don't know Brinson what we talked about. about. We talked about so much <laughs> crap. I thought you going to say that the, the next plot point was going to be that Breach was AK's previous boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been um, a- I'm going to start. 
I, I, I mean, I think that's funny. I was not laughing. I was just sort of diving into this, uh, into this <laughs> breaking bourbon. Why? Again, I drank a lot of bourbon and I write for a living. Why have I not, why did I not do this? He's smart. They've actually, I think they've actually barreled their own bourbon as well. They've been to Kentucky. They did all the stuff you're supposed to do there. They have a podcast. They have the website, obviously, and they review. They have to turn down reviews from like celebrities because they have so much stuff going on. So that's um, crazy. That does, they, does he make a lot of money doing it? That I don't, I don't ask my accountant how much money he makes because he sees how much money I make. He's probably wondering what I'm doing with my money. <laughs> um, all right. Moving along, uh, uh, moving along. Phil Rivers noodle arm mm, from <laughs> Darren Meller. I'm going to ask the question that was never answered. Why did you get kicked off of Twitter, Will? Great question, Darren. What's a mailbag? Let's go around the horn. I would say, uh, Darren, <laughs> Darren, do you know that conspiracy theory about Jordan got suspended for gambling? I think Brinson. There's a thing with marble racing in February. Blew the family savings. The wife suspended him from Twitter to get it all hashed out. And now he's back and uh, you got your house back. I'm glad to see that, Brinson. I think my theory It's is not that far off, Breach. He wasn't <laughs> he wasn't suspended. He was mad about something there. He didn't get to go somewhere where Ryan got to go and a couple other people got to go. And as a petulant tool to get back, he decided <laughs> I'm not gonna tweet about this thing. He then me, Ryan, and Breach noticed and started bringing it up on every podcast. He decided that he liked the attention and all the theories and the rumors going into it. So he was like, I'm just going to keep this going. And it was during a dead period. And once free agency started, he kind of started tweeting again. So I just think he liked it. was started as a petulant act. And then he liked the attention, everyone wondering. So he kept it going for the attention. The petulant bearded baby? Is that what you're calling it? <laughs> so you're saying it was a petulant act of defiance? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know what the end game was though. If Sean's theory is correct though, who are you who who are you fighting the power against by not tweeting? If that's if Sean's, that's theory. a perfectly relevant question. I, I ask myself this all the time. <laughs> Do you really think about this a lot? Um, God, look, uh, I mean, I guess I have to truthfully answer, right? I don't know if I do. I know the truth. I don't know if I know the truth. Is Sean's on on point? It's it's it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I just stopped tweeting for a couple of days. You just stopped tweeting for a month. Well, I stopped tweeting for a couple of days. I was like, oh, my God, my life improved. And uh, I had taken – so I, I, have a, I have a bunch of friends who actually, like, have taken – like, they don't delete their Facebook accounts or don't delete their Instagram accounts or their Twitter accounts, but they take the app off their phone. Um, and so I found – I found that I was spending – I found that when I wasn't tweeting, purposely wasn't tweeting – I was spending a lot less time in that Twitter app, just scrolling meaninglessly. And I've noticed now, like I'm back to sort of doing it and it's not good for your mental health. You know, I'm with you hundred percent on that. So like, especially right now, I mean, it is really easy. Like, and like usually like in, you know, like March, um, you know, like, or like in late February in the end of, if you cover the NFL, like you can like reload Twitter over and over again and like nothing will really pop up. Um, Right now, like you reload Twitter and it's something new every time. And it's like a crazy video of something happening somewhere in, the, in this country. So, uh, it's probably would be behoove me even more to, uh, minimize the amount of time that I am on Twitter because it, it's just not good for you. It's just not good for your brain. I have heard, I don't, I heard on the podcast. I don't know how true this is, but it wouldn't surprise me that, but the, the, the way we scroll, you know, you sort of pull down the screen. Yeah. That has no effect. It's just one of those things that it's an addictive habit. You, yes. Up. You keep doing it and you keep doing it. And that's sort of what your day ends up. Well, well, the way it used to be on Twitter, it would re, like they changed it. It used to be a cascading, uh, like consecutive, you know, tweet. Like it was in chronological, cascading chronological order. Now there's an algorithm that delivers tweets that they think that you will like and interact with based on what you have previously liked and interacted with. So when you're pulling down, it's not refreshing to give you the newest tweets. It's, it's just reloading a bunch of tweets in the algorithm, so to speak. So yeah, uh, it's it's just like Facebook. Like it's not like giving you the next thing that was posted. I told um, you this the other day. I said part of my Twitter experience is now going on Twitter looking for things to get angry about, and then getting mad at myself when I find those things and I get angry. I mean, that's not that's a mind. health. That's a healthy mental relationship. Yeah. That's not mental health. yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Let's take a. Uh, does that satisfy everybody? Yeah. Finally, the truth is revealed. Some Holmes. Well, I think if anything, it's actually more muddled, but. 
Inspector, <laughs> Inspector Wagner McGuff over here. Um, Sherlock Sean. Ooh. Sean Lock Holmes. Sean Lock Holmes. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Love, writes Kirk209, love the many shows a week. Gives me something to listen to every day while delivering mail. You'd love to see it. How do you think these guys' careers change if Peyton was on the Pats and Brady was on the Colts? That's a spicy one. That feels like a breach question. Well, I mean, look, I think one time there was the whole thing with uh, someone said if Aaron Rodgers played in the Patriots offense with Belichick, he would put up like 7,000 yards. I think that if you put Peyton Manning on the Patriots, that they probably win eight Super Bowls. I think what? that – ooh, I like this. No, I, going. I think that they tear it up. I think that they win more than Brady and Belichick won. When I, I know that sounds crazy. And I think if you put Brady and Indy, I think that's the more interesting scenario because Brady didn't get to continuously play with great receivers. You know, he had Randy Moss in 2007. There's a couple seasons where he had good receivers. But for the most part, he's had below average receiving cores. So if you give him Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison – for most of his career, and you throw in uh, a couple of the good running backs that Indianapolis has had, I think Brady could have put up big numbers in that offense. Uh, and maybe the, I would say that he wins two or three with the Colts, but I think Manning's Patriots would beat Brady's Colts. So I'll give Brady two Super Bowls max with the Colts, and I'll give Peyton eight Super Bowl wins max. Peyton wins more Patriots. Super Bowls in, in, in New England. Indy wins more Super Bowls with Tom Brady. But they, they, they can't have, they can't both because they're playing against each other. No, no, no. But Indy only won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I think Brady would win one, but a maximum of two. And I think Manning could match Brady at six with a maximum of eight. What about the idea that Peyton is now outdoors in that crappy weather, his arm strength isn't great, and Tom's now playing indoors? Um, I mean, that is actually a good point. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna, actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause it. Uh, a, a real crazy theory here. Tom Brady's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Tom Brady goes to the Colts, he gets cut before he starts a game. Oh, that's actually not terrible. That's, that's actually, no, that's good. That's less crazy than eight Super Bowls for Peyton Manning. Than because the only reason he got in, I mean, like Scott Pioli was on this program leading up to the draft. Like they liked Tom Brady, but they they had him like as a fourth or fifth round grade. Like he's not trying, they're not trying to change history. They didn't think he was a first round pick. Nobody did. Um, and because of where he got drafted and because of the injury to Drew Bledsoe, Brady got a chance to go in there and play. And I don't know that, that another coach and another organization would have gotten the most out of Tom Brady. Like he might have been cut and ended up as a free Marshall agent Broda and bounced around. Season in Indianapolis. So is Ted Marshall Broda a huge Tom Brady guy? I mean, that's a fair question. Wait, so what? I think Ted Marshall Broda was a coach. Peyton's rookie season. I think that's right. I'm just, I haven't looked yet. Well, but my point is, would he be a huge Brady guy? Jim Mora was the coach. Oh, Jim Mora was. Okay. So yeah. would he be a huge Brady guy even still? Well, I just wonder. So like, I, I guess the question is what happens if, so Pey, let's say Peyton gets drafted by the Patriots, right? And Belichick comes around to coach him. Uh, you just have to, you know, kind of skip history and tie those two together. And then Brady is drafted. Presumably the sixth round by the Colts in 2000, right? Like, I don't think he, I don't think he's, I don't think he makes the team. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he wins. I, I, I think history goes, 
I think history goes in a wildly different direction. And real quick, uh, this doesn't sort by weather, but Peyton Manning's stats, for what it's worth, are remarkably similar, whether he's indoors or outdoors. Um, he actually has a slightly higher winning percentage at 69% or roughly 70% if you round up compared to 68% indoors. So, and, and if you look at his stats, they're a little bit down outdoors, but it's roughly the same. Uh, one other factor to consider here, um, Peyton Manning, not known for taking massive discounts. Well, that's true. Oh, right. You know, like Tom Brady took a lot less money. Uh, Tom Condon, Peyton Manning's agent, does not take less money for his quarterback, for his, for his, for his guys. I mean, he, he, the, you know, Breeze has taken a little bit less from the Saints these past few years, but I mean, uh, largely you would expect that he would squeeze some money out of them. And I would posit that, you know, you say Peyton Manning would win eight Super Bowls with the, with the Patriots. I think Bill Belichick would have gotten rid of him sooner than the Colts did. I don't think so. So here's my other part of this is that Peyton Manning, only lost 79 games in his career. 16% of the losses in his career were to the Patriots. That's crazy. 13 of those 79 losses were to one team. And then you have the other 66 losses scattered over 31 teams. So he's averaging basically two losses per team and then 13 to the Patriots. And so now if you're on the Patriots, you're not losing those 13 games. You're not losing these games to Indy that may or may not have Tom Brady. I think you're destroying everyone. And I think they easily win eight Super Bowls. And now I think they win 10 Super Bowls. That's all. Ryan, I said that uh Peyton Manning lost 79 games in his career and 13 of them were to the Patriots. So if you take that factor out and now he's on the Patriots, he's not losing at all. He's, he's, got like 300 wins and 40 losses i mean he played so he played 13 years of the colts his by the way uh this is something to keep in mind when you start seeing guys peyton manning led the league uh in uh passing attempts in 2010 with 679 and then had had the neck issues remember big ben led the league in passing attempts uh to like i these older quarterbacks in their Early to mid thirties, maybe don't let maybe don't let them throw the ball six hundred fifty times. Just a thought. Um, but Manning, forty. I'm sorry. Do you think that Peyton actually thinks about the point the breach just made? Like, if he had been somewhere else and Tom Brady wasn't in New England, like sure. he was, without quite. I, I think he thought. I think he thought about it for eighteen holes last week because <laughs> right. he was walking around with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, and Phil feels the same way. Like, <laughs> why couldn't I have been born ten years later? And not have to play against Tiger in his prime for the entirety of my prime. Because he would be the best quarterback ever. If, if, if Peyton wins four Super Bowls, he's probably the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, right? that's, that's the same as Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw. He's better than Terry Bradshaw. Would it be better than Joe Montana? That I just mean like statistically and because of all his MVPs, I think people would, and if he wins four Super Bowls, presumably Brady doesn't have six, you know? Exactly. Um, Ryan, is Ryan's volume low or is that just me? Okay. Sorry. Speak into the mic, pal. Got it. I was excited about Breach's theory. Okay. Uh, next. I love this podcast, writes Elias the Bozo. You're not a Bozo, pal. Hi, I love this podcast and it's really helpful to hear about football in these hard times. I was wondering if you could answer one of my questions. Do you think that Daniel Jones could lead the Giants to a wild card or playoff berth in one of the next two seasons. Thanks. Yeah. No. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, you got Saquon. We'll see if Evan Ingram hangs around. Um, of course, I don't remember their draft classic, any wide receivers. I have to look that up. But, I mean, their offense is, is such that it, it shouldn't be terrible. I think the, the, the biggest thing isn't Daniel Jones, because we saw glimpses of him being okay. It's how is Joe Judge going to be as a coach? Because I, I think that's the, the big issue. I almost have more concerns with the front office than Joe Judge. And that's the, that's the point is that he, it, it's not just Daniel Jones. Like he, even if he ascends in the next two years, he needs help. And last year he did not have that much. And I criticized him a lot for the fumbles and stuff, but the offensive line wasn't good. They got rid of Odell Beckham as soon as he got there. So he needs support if that's going to come true. I, I think, I mean, look, the NFL is kind of random. He's a good player. Uh, he can take a step forward in his second year and certainly in his third year. Maybe if he takes a step back this year, he b- takes a big leap forward in the third year. We've seen that with plenty of players. Um, 
Evan Ingram needs to be healthy. They need to run the ball better with Saquon Barkley. And the defense needs to get better. I think the defense is probably maybe a bigger concern than Daniel Jones's play. Like if that defense continues to stink and it can't stop anybody, uh, they're not going to go very far. Brenton, I wish I had a rewind button. Do you know how many things you just named have to happen for the Giants to be good? Like 17. The odds of all those things happening in the next two years I don't want to say 0% because then this audio will be thrown in my face in two years and they get to the playoffs, but it's very low. And Daniel Jones, at best, over the next two years, is going to be the third best quarterback in this division. I don't see unless Dak Prescott signs somewhere else, which I will keep open that possibility because uh, the last two quarterbacks, the player under the franchise tag, ended up leaving after the franchise tag year. Kirk Cousins uh, left Washington. Drew Brees left the Chargers. So let's not rule that possibility out. But if Dak stays with the Cowboys, Daniel Jones is the third best quarterback, and you're not winning. You're not going to the playoffs with the third best quarterback. In your Here's division. the thing that breach. I don't. So who's so he's behind? What Dak and Jalen Hurts, oh. and Carson Wentz. So I guess third quarterback, third best. Eagles. So breach. You could argue that the third best quarterback led the Vikings to the playoffs in the NFC North last year. Because, I could also argue the best quarterback, and I mean, it depends how you feel about Aaron Rodgers. And Matt well, Stafford was injured. Exactly. So people get hurt. You could do I thought, I, but I could say that Cousins was the. You could make the argument that Cousins was the best quarterback in the division last year. Sean would make that argument. No one else would. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people would. I mean, it sounds like Breach is making the argument right now. You can't say Stafford is better. I mean, he was when he played, but he only played eight games, and that and that matters. And I think Kirk Cousins was better than Aaron Rodgers about, last year alone. Fair enough. What about this? At the beginning of the last season, where did you rank Ryan Tannehill in quarterbacks in the AFC South? Dead last. Of course. So my he, right? he was a, well, he was, he was a nah. backup quarterback, though. He wouldn't have been in the ranking. We would have been ranking starters. In what world are we ranking backup quarterbacks? He would have been. He would have been like one of the best backup quarterbacks in football if we did those rankings. What about Marcus yes. Mariota then? Where, where are you ranking him in that division? Daniel Jones could take a leap and become the second best quarterback in that division next year. Over who? Either Wentz or Dak. Yeah. Or which one? If Wentz gets which hurt. One? Yeah. Both. Either one. Both. I mean, it's not. I just think the Giants have too many holes, and the quarterback isn't above average enough to make up for the holes they have. I mean, there's going to be seven playoff teams, so 14 teams, 14 playoff spots over the next two years in the NFC. We're flexed by an Andy Dalton supporter. What? I mean, come on. And the NFC East is garbage. At least Andy Dalton's been to the playoffs. Yeah, he bought it like you and me did. Daniel Jones has played one year. What do you and he, led the, NFL, he played. led the NFL in fumbles. He had the most fumbles of any quarterback in like 20 years. In like 12 games. You know what this is? This is uh breach by 3,000 sticking up for the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Jones has 459 career passing attempts and the same number of playoff wins as Andy Dalton. Whoa. <laughs> this guy didn't ask if these teams are going to win a playoff game. He asked if they're getting to the playoffs. Andy Dalton got there four times, Brenton. How many times did Cam Newton, your boy, get there? Uh, Super Bowl uh, breach. What are you getting personal what? now? <laughs> How many times did the, did the 2015 MVP get your team to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I know. Not once. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Hey, Cam went to the playoffs. Uh, wait. How many times did the, there they go? He went to three Pro Bowls, oh, and they went to the playoffs. Ah, uh, yeah. You hate to see it. Four times. Tied with Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Now, oh, by the way, uh, I should point out that somebody just left this iTunes review. If you leave a five-star Apple podcast review, we will mention it for a mailbag. If you want to ask us a question. Oh my God. Boat LOL writes. Oh my God. Brinson just called Kirk Cousins one of the five most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. LOL. Ha ha ha. This needs to be recorded, recognized and discussed. Please. <laughs> ha ha ha. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to. This is my, this is my stat that I pointed out to you, but go ahead. You forgot about it. I didn't forget about it. I, I mentioned it. I, I know. You gave it to me? Good. I don't know if I mentioned it to you. Uh, but if you go to, uh, profootballreference.com, pro-football-reference.com, technically, they have a leaderboard and you can look up the career leaders for pass completion percentage in first place. A little fella named Drew Brees. And in second place, who is it, Ryan? Herbie Cousins. Who was the commenter to the left at? That's right. I just dunked on a listener. What, what, what was 
What was her name? Uh, it was uh, Boat LOL. Boat LOL. In his defense, in his or her defense, I was shocked when I first saw that stat too because I think I brought it up on the Brady Quinn podcast during the season. Brady seemed pretty surprised as well. Um, so I understand that. But actually, according to the math, Kirby does complete a lot of passing. Now, you See, can always- yeah, I mean, I think he took it as more like I'm saying he's one of the most accurate passers I've ever seen, which is not what I'm saying. He just has a really, really high completion percentage, the second in, second highest NFL history. And, look, when you start talking about moderate – like Dak Prescott is fourth. Yeah, I was going to say that, that would surprise people. I think what's also interesting, Peyton Manning and Tony Romo had the exact same completion percentage in their careers. Well, I think the thing you have to point out is that the modern passing game is yeah. a lot safer because they dink and dunk. And that the only, like the highest ranked quarterback on this completion percentage list that did not play at all in the 2000s is Steve Young, and he's tied for 12th. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you, it's almost like Derek Carr is 15th. Right. And, and the only guy who's like old, the only two guys who are older, like real true throwbacks that are in, like in the top 10, um, Chad Pennington. It was a king of dink and dunks and uh favorite food. If you guys remember this from the Monday night football broadcast, biscuits and gravy. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh Kurt Warner, former MVP and pro football hall of famer who played in a modern style offense that was ahead of the time of the greatest football, greatest show on turf. Matt Schaub is ranked ahead of Joe Montana. Matt Schaub led the league in passing one year. Moving along. Time. Steelers ceiling. Love the pod. This is from Maddie L847 on Apple podcast. Been a long time listener and also love the Dick Vitale uh, dunk soundbite. Oh, my question is, what is the responsible floor and ceiling for the Steelers? Thanks, your biggest fan. That's funny that Matty L eight four seven identifies himself as our biggest fan. I know that's, that's cool. I like it. Yeah, you disagree? Think... You're trying to dunk on him? <laughs> and I was like, who? Who oh. would you submit? <laughs> no, no. I I just love the fact that you know something uh, like the Big Six Pod has a biggest fan. So we have like we have like uh, spoof Twitter accounts. That's, that's when you know you made it when you got two, parody Twitter accounts. Two wins over Wilson accounts. A couple of breach analogy accounts. Sean <laughs> Longwinded accounts are out there too. <laughs> Is there Sean Longwinded? Sean McFun fact, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> he used that horrible photo. Of how come me? I don't have any fake? Can... Why, 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 there's nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You're the only one that doesn't have one. Mm. At Brinson's toupee. <laughs> I will say this: the, the Sean Longwinded account is actually Sean's real account. <laughs> I was going to say it's my movie news. All it does is tweet about his movie newsletter and, and brand new. And it Subscribe, is unbearable. Uh, stop. Responsible. Hey, I also dunk on Clay Travis every once in a while. Yeah, you do that. And you then you like, then you dunk and delete on Dave Portnoy. Yes. Well, the those people are crazy. Do you, get Clay Travis, do you get Clay Travis stands in your mention when you dunk on Travis? No, that's the thing. You don't get – most people on the internet think he's an idiot. No. All right. There you go. That's Sean, who is not Clay Travis's biggest fan. Uh, responsible floor for the Steelers. If you told me they won six games, I would believe it, even though um, – Oh, uh, Debo informs you, by the way, there is a thread on the Facebook group for new dunked on clips. Oh, okay. So if you've got a good dunk dunk clip that you'd like to hear incorporated, uh, as we sort of rotate them around because we don't want to wear out Dickie V, although we don't really get that many complaints. And the Dickie, the Dickie V, she's like, oh, what a big jam. I, I smile every time I hear it. Uh, but if you want to get new dunk dunk clips, go to the Facebook thread. I'll go to the thread of the Facebook group. Go to Facebook.com, search for Pick 6 Podcast, and uh, check that out there. Yeah, I was going to say six wins. Does it seems like a reasonable floor if Big Ben gets hurt, even though Mike Thomas never had a losing season. I don't think he can recreate. What happened last year with eight wins with that duo playing quarterback? Um, someone brought this up to me also. I wonder if now that it sounds like teams are going to be going back to the facility, if Jadavion Clowney, and more importantly for the Steelers' purposes, someone like Cam Newton will get signed sooner rather than later. That would mitigate the idea of a six-win six, uh, six season. But if they're lights out, I mean, I think 11, 11 wins seems certainly doable with that offense. Big Ben is if he's you know something close to what he was before he got hurt. I do not want to have to be the guy that is more optimistic than Ryan with the Steelers yeah. ceiling, but my God, I have to do it. I think their ceiling is 12 wins. I think they could hit 12 and four if Roethlisberger is healthy. Uh, and you know what? If Mike Tomlin somehow willed that team of Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges to eight and eight, I don't really think the uh, floor can be much lower than that. So I'd say seven wins is the floor. So if Big Ben is hurt, and they just rolled Mason Rudolph. Who wins more games, the Steelers or the Bengals? 
if Big Ben is hurt and Mason Rudolph is playing? Bengals. I say Bengals. All right. I mean, I'm not, I can't get mad at you about that, but okay. We recorded an Eagles podcast last week and, um, Shio Kapadia was uh, on from the athletic and he actually like out of nowhere was like throwing the Bengals some love. He thinks they could be a sneaky playoff team. Did Debo get him back on track? Talk about the Eagles. Yeah. Debo, Debo Piper was like, shut up about the Bengals. I hear enough about it from Breach. Yeah. But, but let me just ask you this. Here, here is the Steelers first six games at the Giants. Very winnable. Broncos in Pittsburgh. Very winnable. Texans in Pittsburgh. Very winnable. At Tennessee. Very winnable. Philadelphia in Pittsburgh. Very winnable. Browns in Pittsburgh. Very winnable. Yeah, but we say this every year, and they lose those a lot of those games. And the Steelers historically start slow under Tomlin, which is incredibly annoying for Steelers fans. So, and they always lose that one road game to the terrible team. They lost to like the Glennon Bears. I want to say that. So one they're going to lose to the Giants in Week One. Is that what you're saying? Can you imagine losing to the Mike Glennon Bears? No offense. To <laughs> the Mike Glennon Bears that did not sign Colin Kaepernick. That's true. Rekeem According. Pick. Akeem Hicks. Yeah. A little upset about that. Okay. Uh, finally, Mailbag Monday. This is from Rocco Lincioni from Apple Podcast. Hey, guys. I'm an eighth grader from Montana. Rocco from Montana. I love it. Eighth grade. Shout out to Rocco. I love ba- I love Montana. I love basketball, but I did play football this past year. I'm a receiver, and we went undefeated. Congratulations. Believe it or not, I can also kick pretty well. I only missed one uh, PAT all year. Any ideas on how to stay in shape for both football and basketball? Also wanted to add Dickie V is hilarious and makes me laugh every time, even though he is extremely annoying. Thank you uh, for listening, Rocco. Um, Montana, we went, I've been horseback riding for two weeks in Montana when I was a kid. It's, uh, it's a, a, do you know how to ride horses properly, or that was just something you did as a little kid? No, I don't know how to ride horses. Western. I don't do like English or side You don't sound. do English style? No, I'm a Western man. Um, what's the difference? We had horses on our farm growing up. That's a hundred percent believable. Uh, well, Western is like a cowboy saddle and English is like a little, like sort of flat, uh, riding, like, you know, you put on the little hat and you're, what do you, what kind of, what, how do you do it when you're playing polo? Uh, that would be English, I believe. Oh, okay. Western's like, you know, you got like a horn on the front of the saddle and you're like crossing through creeks and stuff. Um, and oh, English you is, you don't have a horn on the English saddle. Uh, it might be like a little like leather knob. I just need to know this because I'm going to go play pickup polo a little later. I want to make sure I have the right saddle. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would want an English saddle, uh, for, for polo. We had a, we had a Tennessee Walker growing up and, uh, and an Appaloosa. Hmm. Yeah. I think we, I think I grew up next door to you. Sounds about right. <laughs> my, um, it was on a farm. My, my parents got my brother a horse for Christmas one time. Did he like it or not? Yeah, well, I went out and there was like a like a fifty. I got like a fifty dollar like crappy little remote control car. Don't get me wrong; I mean, like, this sounds terrible. But like it was, it was a, it was like, oh, this is cool, like remote control car. And they're like, Charlie, go outside. There's your present. It was a horse. It's like, okay, it's pretty clear which child you like more, well, and that's only to be only been proven to be true more and more. Much better that year than you were. I just like Charlie more. My dad was a younger brother, so I think he's got a soft spot for my younger brother. Cool. Didn't know that about you. You could ride horses. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Montana. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say, as far as like staying in shape information. Why are kids asking us how to stay in shape? A bunch of, I don't know. I, I do, I do like to hear from the younger listeners though, because it reminds me that, you know, like sometimes you're doing the podcast and you feel like you can do, you know, say whatever you want. And it's a reminder that we, you know, we do have a younger audience that oftentimes tunes in. Sean, you have to go do HQ in a few minutes. Why don't you give us your answer on how you stay in shape? Uh, I mean, if, if you're trying to do it for multiple sports, and this is not what I do now, but when I actually used to play sports, uh, like I would, if you're doing weights, I would focus more on core stuff as opposed to like bulking up because maybe that it depends what positions you're playing, it might not mesh with basketball and both football if you get super bold. Kicker, receiver, and basketball is not a – you don't want to beef up those arms. So I would focus on, like, if you're doing weights, always make it, like, cardio weights and, like, always keep moving. Make it, like, a circuit and focus on getting your core strong because that, that works in every single sport. And the other thing I would say is that everyone always talks about working out, but I think it's, like, it's eating, right? And I get as an eighth grader, though, a lot of that is probably down to, like, your parents and, like, what they are – bringing home and providing you. By the way, Sean, um, I don't remember this, but at, at that age, all you're doing, you're eating 10,000 calories a day and it's just whatever's in front of you. I think you care less at that point. Maybe your body cares less at that point that it's healthy. But to yeah, your, you, probably, you, you 
you can lose, you just don't gain weight. Anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, but also, also by eating healthy at that age, even when your body can handle the bad stuff, it does help to build habits for later in life because I grew up in an extremely healthy household. I like, oh, was not allowed to have soda, not allowed to have fast food. Like I have very vivid memories of the first time in my life I tried like Coke. I tried McDonald's. Like Coca-Cola. I tried all these things. Um, I think people <laughs> flip and save <laughs> <laughs> because I was not allowed to have it at home. And so what, I very, I want to ask you, uh, did that explain why you got a little heavy in that picture we saw of you at the, at the school paper? <laughs> yeah. Cause when I went to college, I no that, that was mostly because I was working 40 hours a week at the daily count in addition to classes. And so I had to eat out every single day. I just day. thought you realized there were 14 or 15 humble brags in that answer. <laughs> Even Brent's it's like, okay, that's too much humble brag. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm talking about my own experiences. It's not did my your, fault. Uh, did your sister ever give you any tips? Your, your sister, who's a college soccer coach, give you any tips on to stay in shape? No, not really. Again, it wasn't like a, I didn't run into those problems until college. It's just when I mean, I was, working was, out, getting into really good shape, not just staying, not, not just. No, staying. because it was never, because my parents were like, my parents made me join like swim team as a kid, even though not for swimming, but because they just wanted me to swim because it's a good workout. And I used to hate it, despise it, get sick it before every practice, but they made me do that kind of stuff. I think, uh, I think the eating thing is really interesting though. I mean, like, you know, Sean, you're obviously younger. But like, and Ryan Breach can probably attest to this. I mean, growing up in the eighties, like, you know, there wasn't like a healthy food movement. You just ate Dunkaroos and Twinkies. That's all you, you ate. ate crap. Pastry strudel, uh, pastry strudels. I mean, like, you just, strudels. In okay. the eighties, though, like, like it was just like people didn't consider fast food to be like a problematic option. Whereas, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I would say that, like, yeah, if you can, if you have an influence in that, and you can sort of push your parents towards a healthier lifestyle, like dive in on avocados and salmon and you know, stuff like that, you know, uh, all sorts of different deliciousness, uh, you know, that, that things, you know, I mean, like eat tomatoes or I guess Tom Brady says, don't eat tomatoes, but you get the point. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm saying you can eat tomatoes. Tomatoes are a nightshade. That's why. <laughs> yeah. He Tom Brady plan also. And- yeah. What happens? Um, Adds like inflammation or something. I don't know. Tom Brady believes that the tomatoes disrupt his circadian rhythm. Let me ask you. Let me uh, let me put you this way: If um for our buddy the eighth grader here, he's eating tomatoes, the inflammation that he's getting from all the sugar he's eating, it won't matter with the tomatoes. Go crazy on the tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Just eat. Try eat. Try, find good healthy food that you can do and work on your core. Is the also answer. secretly funny? Rocco actually knows who Dickie B is. Why would he not know who Dickie B is? Everyone knows who Dickie B is. Did, does he? Does he even still do games, Dickie B? Yeah, I don't know. Just been around so long, I thought he retired. Just is Tiger Woods still playing golf? All right, I gotta go do HQ. All right, wait, don't. All right, anyway, we're gonna end the podcast now. That's it. That's the show. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.